Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila, and today we are recording episode four, and today is going to be a pretty exciting and fun episode. I always say that, but whenever you get the chance to talk about baseball, it's always exciting. So definitely a lot of headlines this episode, because a lot of things interesting, both negatively and positively, have happened in the past few days in the Major League Baseball world. So let's get into it. Kind of the first thing that we're going to discuss is really what everybody has been talking about. I feel like this is the top news or like the hot news in baseball right now is that Fernando Tatis Jr. has been suspended for 80 games for testing positive with performance enhancing drugs. So if you're not like a really big baseball fan or you know like you don't really keep up with Fernando Tatis or you're not like sure like who he is or you know why this is a big deal and why everybody's talking about it it's okay we're going to talk about it right here and we're going to just discuss kind of a little bit about him and why this is such a big deal before we get into what happened so first of all Fernando Tatis Jr. is a shortstop he also can play outfield for the San Diego Padres he's 23 years old really young guy made his debut in 2019 nicknamed El Nino because he plays like a Nino. He's a kid. He plays like a kid out there excited to go and play on the baseball field. And that was really why a lot of people liked him and a lot of people looked up to him, not only because he had a great season last season, but because he went out there and played with a ton of fun and energy. And he just played the game like how a lot of guys don't really play it right now. We kind of have the older generation of baseball players currently who are kind of a little bit more on the serious side you could say like they are super strict with the unwritten baseball rules where Fernando Tatis is kind of like more on the opposite side of that like he plays with a bunch of fun and he just goes out there and just plays like a kid and it really reminds the rest of us like why baseball is fun and I think Major League Baseball was missing that so seeing him debut and seeing him play baseball not even like not only if you were just a Padres fan but beyond that like you always watch Tatis because he just brought fun to the game so that's kind of why he was like really a big deal last season on top of the numbers that he put up he had a really good season last season with 135 hits 42 home runs 97 rbis an average of 282 and then 975 ops so he had a really great season for himself last year in 2021 and this year unfortunately he has not been able to play because he suffered a motorcycle accident that caused him a pretty serious injury. On top of that, he also has been battling a few minor ones prior to that, so it kind of just all went down and he was unable to play the season so far. So that's kind of like what he is. He's pretty famous throughout the baseball world, um, especially to this new generation of fans per se. Like A lot of youth baseball and softball players look up to him because he's just a fun guy I keep saying fun guy but it's true like he's just an exciting person and player to watch so definitely like one of the most famous guys in baseball currently up there with Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. so that's kind of like who he is and a little bit about him so due to his injuries like I said he was unable to start this season and play but he has been like on a rehab start since mid-July I pretty sure that's when he started um, playing in double and triple A for the San Diego Padres. So he has been kind of getting a few games in, obviously not to like the full extent major league level, but he was on pace to come back hopefully within the next few weeks, next few, honestly, like probably September, I think was the 
was where he was going to come back. And it was kind of a big deal because, as we know, the Padres made really big moves at the deadline after acquiring Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, Juan Soto, of course. Fernando Tatis added to that lineup once again would probably be one of the most scariest lineups in baseball and definitely a fun one to watch as well on top of like the guys they already had like Machado and Cronenworth and guys like that so that was kind of like what people were waiting for and what everybody was anticipating was Fernando Tatis coming back to this Padres team um and unfortunately when the news broke that he tested positive and has been suspended for 80 games a lot happened. So let's talk about that now. So Fernando Tatis Jr. tested positive performance enhancing drugs, which means that he is going to be out for the remainder of the season as well as 42 games next season. So he will not be able to compete in the postseason with his team. Uh, this is pretty disappointing to, I think, a lot, a lot of people, especially to, I guess, obviously his teammates, right? Obviously the coaches, the whole Padres organization, the fans, of course, and especially the younger fans, all the little kids who looked up to him because of the energy and the enthusiasm he brought to the game. And now they find out that he's been taking or he took these drugs to enhance his performance. It's heartbreaking for a lot of these people because he had a lot of people who looked up to him. He was a role model to youth baseball and softball players. So that was really, really disappointing news to hear. Um, and obviously his player, his teammates didn't take it in a great way because it hurts them, right? So they interviewed Machado. They interviewed another player as well, just about like what they think of this whole situation. And, you know, they, Machado said that like he was devastated, obviously, but like he reminded everyone, like all of the fans that they are where they are now without him. They got to the record they are at now, the place in the division they are at now, without him. So, I mean, he kind of just reinstated the fact that they are second in the division, obviously 16 games behind the Dodgers, they're not going to catch up to them, but a potential wildcard clinch without Tatis, probably their star player. So, I guess, like, that is, like, the positive and the leadership that Machado has within him and I think that's what really drives this Padres team is guys like him who are just like yeah we're super disappointed in him obviously but we also have games to play we also have wild card spot to go clinch so we're gonna go do that this is not gonna be like a distraction to us so definitely leadership shown by Machado other teammates obviously disappointed and they just hope that he like learns from this mistake um he Fernando Tatis Jr. came out with a statement as well, just kind of saying that he was devastated in himself, disappointed, and that he wants to just apologize to everyone and he wants to take this time to learn from his mistakes. Um, obviously, he has to say that, right? Like, who, which it, it's a bad job by the agent if he didn't tell him to say this, right? So that was kind of a given that he was just going to apologize and whatever. But at the same time, like, it, it still stings and it's still like it's kind of a shock and there and there's still people who aren't gonna like him after this because of the actions that he did so the reason why he took the drugs he's not gonna say right he is gonna say a statement that his agent is gonna tell him to say but if we know that's true or not we're never gonna know he came out and said that he took this over-the-counter medication that had like cholesterol or something like that which is like a 
drug that's not allowed in Major League Baseball. So I guess he took that because he had a ringworm. So like in order to treat it, he took that type of medicine and he didn't know it had that drug in it. Therefore, when he got tested, he was like, oh, wait, I didn't even know, blah, blah, blah. So to know if that was true or not, we will never know. I Like there's reporters saying that, you know, that's false because he, like you don't even need to use that medication for ringworm in the same time. So who knows at this point, at the end of the day, he did it, right? Like at the end of the day, he also had the option like not to go get an over-the-counter medication, especially as a major league baseball player. And obviously check in with his trainers like I guarantee you like there's he has a guy who like gets medications for him probably that you know the person knows that he's allowed to take so a bunch of excuses there I that's what I see it's just like an excuse that he has to put out there so that he because he's not going to come out and say yeah I took this drug to make myself play better because I don't want to spend a lot of time here in minor leagues and just go out there in the major leagues and just be the player I once was last season. Like, he's not going to go out and say that, but personally, I think the reason he took it was because he was impatient on the whole rehab process and he wants to go back to the major leagues like anyone does, but he just doesn't, like, follow the steps and he's not going through the process of he has to get better. Like, he wants to go to the major leagues and just perform the same way he did last year. And that's just not going to happen because just his body isn't the same. So, unfortunate news there, obviously, to a lot of fans, his teammates, coaches, everyone, just surprised and shocked. And now he pays the consequences for that. So, he's not going to be able to be with his team in the postseason or even the beginning of the season next season, which is just truly disappointing to see and to hear. So, that is kind of a whole recap scenario with that, which is kind of like the big headline right now in baseball. Um, but I guess we'll just see what happens and see what he does when he comes back eventually. So I think that the Padres aren't worried about this. They showed and they've said that they aren't bothered. I mean, they're still going to go out and be the team that they are because like Machado said, they got here without him. So who's to say that they can't go forward and they can't go clinch a wild card, maybe win a division without him. So really rooting for the Padres now after since this news broke out because it's just heartbreaking to hear, right? Even as, like, not, I'm not even a really, really big, like, Padres fan, but still, like, one of the most famous guys in baseball, you find out that he's taking drugs, like, not a good luck. So, that's really the news over there in San Diego. They're still moving forward and playing good baseball, and I think that's what they're going to continue to do. Like I said, they're 16 games behind LA. They know that they're not going to catch them even with the additions of Soto, Bell, and Drury, but at the end of the day, there's still a wild card spot that should be clinched and has to be clinched. So I think that's really their main goal and they're not going to let this distract them. So that's really what happened over there in San Diego. Like I said, an- another hot topic was that Drew, Rasmus- Drew Rasmussen, a starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, almost, almost had a perfect game on the anniversary of like the drought of a perfect game. So so close to getting a perfect game but unfortunately that was stopped by shortstop Jorge Mateo from the Baltimore Orioles with a double in the ninth inning. So unfortunate news over there he still pitched really really well though throwing perfectly for eight innings straight and then unfortunately let up that double in the ninth but it would have been pretty cool to see a perfect game. The last perfect game was 10 years ago 
So it would have been nice to see that again, especially like on the anniversary of that day would have been really cool to see. So, but still really, really good job by Drew Rasmussen who pitched still exceptionally well, although he couldn't get the perfect game. And I feel like that's a lot harder to do now. Obviously the balls are different like every single year. And, you know, we saw like a lot of hitters aren't really hitting as well, but then like the pitcher's command isn't that great either. So to say like there's a reason that there hasn't been a perfect game in a while is because of Major League Baseball and I guess all the things that they're doing with the game. I mean, it could be honestly, but at this point we never know. So there have been like a couple no hitters. Those those keep going, but it's never like the same continuous pitcher. So this would have been cool to see, but unfortunately did not occur. But do not worry, Drew Rasmussen still got the win and still got eight innings with no hits. So that was what happened in Tampa Bay. Moving on, the Dodgers ended their 12-game winning streak, unfortunately, on Sunday against the Royals, and they lost 4-0. to So still a really, really good run for the Dodgers. They're still up there in the division leading currently. <laughs> I think they have like one of the best they do have one of the best records in baseball but they are currently 79 and 34 really nothing to worry about 16 games like I said ahead of the Padres they were 9 and 1 in the last 10 so really really good stuff by the Dodgers still unfortunately they weren't able to keep the streak going but a team in the National League who did start a streak was the Atlanta Braves the Atlanta Braves have won six games in a row so far as of Monday at 5:27 p.m. They've been on a roll recently, even with the loss of some of their players. We know Ronald Acuna has been out for a couple of days. We don't know really what's the status with him. Max Freed, unfortunately, will be out for the next couple of days. So still with that news, with Darno as well, who was out, they still keep going and they're still fighting. You know, they have the Mets to battle with right now. They're five and a half games behind the Mets. But today they do start a series with the Mets, which is going to be really, really fun to watch definitely go watch that. Mets and Braves are kind of like head-to-head right now at the NL East. Who's going to take that vision? I don't know. The Mets are playing really, really good baseball as of recently. They have a 75-40 and record, and the Braves have a 70-46 and record. So two teams who are really, really close in the NL East division right now. The Braves kind of have more of a tougher schedule. They play the Mets after they play the Astros, um, but then they play the Pirates who isn't really that hard, but then they go and play the Cardinals, who are currently in first in the Central as well. And then as for the Mets, they go out and have a tough schedule as well, probably even tougher than the Braves. After the Braves, they play the Phillies, then they play the Yankees, then they get a break and play the Rockies, but then they go back to play the Dodgers at home though, but still this Dodgers team has been incredible this year per usual. So those two teams have some tough competitors to play against in the next couple of days so to see who takes that is going to be exciting to watch and see you know who can pull out at the end of the month um, beginning September so like I said Braves playing really good baseball as of recently it's going to be an exciting series against the Mets it's four games so I think it's going to be a split and I think that's what everybody wants to see because it's going to be exciting these two teams are literally like head-to-head right now and to see which one wins the division and which one goes further um, is going to be super exciting to see. So I'm hoping for a split just because I think both of these teams have a lot to show and a lot to prove. 
that's really what's going on over there in the NL East. And then moving on to the American League and the AL East, another team who has been exceptionally well this season but has kind of hid a little bit of a downslope, the New York Yankees, who are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. Definitely not having a good run as of now. They're still 72-43, and 43, 10 games above the Blue Jays. Really nothing to quite worry about now, but... Uh, like, you lose two games, like, fine, okay, that's fine, everybody's gonna lose a few, but you start to lose a couple more and a couple more, eventually they're gonna add up. They do have quite a comfortable lead on top of the Blue Jays right now, but, I mean, who's to say the Blue Jays can't go and kind of swoop back and get back into the mix of things? They play the Orioles starting today, and then they go to the Yankees and play in New York, then they play the Red Sox and the Angels. So a mixed schedule for them, but who's to say they can't do it? I said it in Thursday's episode that the Yankees shouldn't have anything to worry about because they have a comfortable lead, they still got the players, and they are the New York Yankees, but now they're 2-8 and eight and I'm getting a little bit worried. Like, what is this Yankees team going to be like in the future? They have lost quite a few players. DJ LeMahieu, who is a little bit uncertain on his status right now. Um, June Carl Stanton, who is trying to get back, but at this point, we really don't know what the future is going to be for him. Harrison Bader, a guy that they got, has been on the IL for quite a while now, um, who was recently traded to the Yankees from the Cardinals, who is obviously an exceptionally well player. As a Cubs fan myself, I got to see him a lot, and he raked against us. So, a great player Harrison Bader is, but if he's going to play this season or not is still questionable. So this Yankees team came from a team who was really great in the beginning, but now we're kind of hitting a, a skid that we could hopefully pick up from and that this really doesn't create the downfall for the New York Yankees because they've been so good this season and I've said it before. We know that sometimes the Yankees do choke in the playoffs, but this season I feel like they have a team who can go and possibly win the World Series. This team is different from any other team that's been here last season on the New York side, on like the Yankees side speaking. So I really hope that the Yankees come out of this and that they go back to the team they once wore, were not even like three weeks ago. So really, really hoping that everything is well over there. Like I said, DJ LeMay who injured, Giancarlo Stanton injured, Matt Carpenter, another guy, Luis Severino, who has been out for quite a while now on the 60 days. So just guys who we need to get back and hopefully that they could get back to just performing well and just get back on this team because their team needs them right now. So that's really what's happening over there in New York. But with the Yankees sort of downfall in the past few days, there's been another New York team who's kind of taken that crown recently and that's the New York Mets who have been playing really, really good baseball as of recently. They now have the, a better record than the Yankees and have the second best record in Major League Baseball. They've won 17 of their last 20 games, and this pitching on this New York Mets team has been so dominant lately. Obviously, they have Max Scherzer, they have Chris Bassett, they have Jacob deGrom, but the way that these guys throw is literally like no other. I mean, they have they haven't had more than two hits from an opposing team in the last eight games, like more than two runs, I mean. So please like try to find me a way to tell me that this Mets team 
does not have probably the best pitching in baseball right now because it's just out of this world. We know Jacob deGrom is out of this world. So really good stuff by the Mets. But like I was saying before, their upcoming schedule is pretty difficult. They play the Braves, they play the Phillies, they play the Yankees, and they play the Dodgers. So, and then the Yankees, Phillies, and Braves games are away. And then they come back to play the Dodgers at home. But those three series really could mean a lot for them. Hopefully, they continue to be on this really good stretch they are on right now. And it's going to just be fun to see which team in New York ends up being the better team because both of these teams are really, really good right now and probably the best teams in baseball. So New York Mets have taken the crown from the Yankees and who knows if the Yankees are going to come back and steal it again. So that's what's happening on the New York side of baseball. And then going down south, to Texas, we got the Astros, who I feel like, okay, not they're not underrated because they have the players they have, the record they have, they're not underrated, but why is nobody talking about the Astros? I feel like the Astros have been like sneaky quiet as of recently, like I have not heard a bunch of news on the Astros. They really um, made some good moves at the deadline. They got Trey Mancini, like I said, they got um, Vasquez from the Red Sox, so they made some pretty good moves at the deadline. They have been working out for him. I mean, Trey Mancini has been playing really good baseball in Houston. So I just feel like not a lot of love there that they're getting in Houston, but they are still such a good team. They're the best team right now in the American League. And I feel like that they were not really talked about sometimes because the Yankees were just like up there for a while. But now that they're kind of hitting, like I said, a downslope, the Astros are coming back up, and they're taking the best team in the AL. Lance McCullers Jr. is back. Phenom, obviously. But, unfortunate news, Michael Brantley is out for the entire season. So, that's something that they're going to have to kind of adjust to. They do have some players that, as of recently, have been there. But, at the same time, nobody can replace Michael Brantley, who has been just an exceptional ball player recently. So, the Astros have been really, really good, especially against American League teams, swept the Athletics recently, and also took two of three from the Rangers, as well as winning the series against the Guardians. So, really good baseball as of lately, especially against those American League teams. And they're facing a lot of American League teams. They got the White Sox coming up today, starting a four-game series. Then they go to the NL to play the Braves. That's going to be another good series. Um, and then they come home to play the Twins, the Orioles, and then the Rangers again. So good baseball that the Astros are playing. Dusty Baker is just carrying that team all the way. Hopefully they can make another World Series appearance because, I don't know, I just feel like they're not talked about recently. So really good baseball if you haven't heard because you probably haven't because the Astros have not been in any news articles lately. But if you don't know, the Astros are nasty. So definitely take a look at them catch a game once in a while. Maybe if they're on playing the White Sox, go and tune in just for a second just to see how good this Astros team has been. So that's really what's happening down south and then keeping it in that same area but moving on to another team in Texas, the Texas Rangers who acquired a few good names at the deadline per se. They got Corey Seager and they got Marcus Simeon who probably the two best infield players that were up for grabs at free agency last year. So 
they got them obviously like on a 500 million dollar payroll and unfortunate news today that they fire manager chris woodward the interman manager hasn't been announced yet but they decided to part ways with him after not making the postseason since 2016 it makes sense obviously after getting all these players they kind of expected a little bit more of a good run and a good season but unfortunately it just hasn't worked out like that they are currently sitting at 51 and 63 23 games out of first place five for five in their last 10 not doing too great so they decide to fire their coach and yeah sad news for him I mean he's been there for the past three seasons hasn't really brought any new good and good news things to the Rangers organization so this new Rangers team so hopefully this Rangers team next season really pulls out and really gets to show off and showcase the guys that they got at free agency. I mean, they have been like 6-24 and 24 in one-run games. That was a big issue for them this season. They just haven't been able to rally or score runs when it really mattered. I mean, they're 6-24 in, and 24 in one-run games is not a really good record to have. Um, so that is unfortunate news there in Texas. And for MLB as a whole, that's the fourth manager fired in this 2022 MLB season. So not really good for Major League Baseball, but hopefully that doesn't occur next season and that some teams can start to keep their managers. But we have to understand why they do it. I mean, if they're tired of losing consistently, consistently like the the Detroit Tigers were with Alavila, you have to make some moves. Unfortunately, it may not work out for the benefit of some guys, but you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. So Texas Rangers, again, decide to part rate part ways with Chris Woodward. Um, Sticking to the AL, but moving on to the Central, there are three teams currently in the Central who are pretty much neck and neck. The Guardians are currently leading the Central with a 62 and 53 record. Three games behind them are the Twins and White Sox currently tied for second place. So there is a pretty neck, neck, neck. So, (laughs) So there's a pretty neck and neck and another neck race right now in the AL Central. Um, it's going to be exciting to see how this AL Central plays out. A lot of teams haven't talked about them because a lot of people haven't talked about them because there's other teams you talk about. The Yankees, obviously, the Astros, obviously, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, the Rays. Everybody kind of forgets about the AL Central because they didn't really make any big moves at the deadline either. So, except for just trading away, guys. <laughs> so that's going to be exciting to see which way that plays out. I mean, those three teams are really close in contention, and they play each other a lot in September, so it's going to be exciting to see the outcome of what occurs in the AL Central. But that really wraps up our headlines we have for today's episode. Um, Pretty exciting things around baseball, a little bit of everything, maybe a little bit more on the negative side, but we have some of those teams who are really breaking out and who are really making it shown that this season is, is their season. We got the Mets, we got the Astros. Um, the Dodgers, the Braves, teams like that who are really doing good as of lately and have some pretty exciting stuff. So those were, like I said, the hot headlines, the top headlines of these past few days in Major League Baseball. And moving on to some notable injuries that we should probably discuss. Ronald Acuna Jr., who has kind of been day-to-day right now for the Atlanta Braves. Um, Obviously, he came off of that really long IL stint last season. This season he was back and t- 
to say that he is 100% would be a lie. I mean, obviously, he's still, you know, not going to play to his full potential. But honestly, I think he's okay, and I think he'll still be in that lineup. Just give him a few days. Another guy that that was a big loss for the Braves, like I said, Max Freed. He was placed on the seven-day IL with a concussion on Thursday. So who knows what's really the plan with him. There really isn't any news about him lately. So hopefully he's okay. But yeah, so kind of some top injuries there for the Braves. Uh, moving on, we have Kike Hernandez. This is a positive one. So injury-related, but positive. Kike Hernandez is supposed to come back Tuesday, tomorrow, he's supposed to be reinstated from the IL that he's been on literally forever. And I am literally so excited because I I love Kike Hernandez. I loved him on the Dodgers. I love him on the Red Sox. He's just such a fun ball player to watch. Um, he was out with a hip injury, but he's expected to be reinstated on Tuesday. So that's really good news for the Red Sox and whichever plan they have, because at this point, who knows what they're doing. So, Kike Hernandez is expected to be back very, very soon. And more positive news, Dustin May, starting pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, is also expected to return from the injury list on August 20th against the Marlins. So, that's also really good news. I missed seeing him pitch. Uh, missed those red-orange curls that he has. But really good news for the Dodgers pitching. Um, bad news, Walker Bueller just announced that he will undergo season-ending elbow surgery, so we will not get to see him pitch this season, which is really much, really a bummer. I mean, Walker Bueller is one of the best players and pitchers in baseball, and to see him not play at all and not participate in the postseason where he really thrives is going to be disappointing, but at least they get Dustin May back, so you win some and you lose some. So, excited for Dustin May bummed about Walker Bueller. But more good news on the injury list. Bryce Harper, who has been out with a thumb injury, is supposed to come back soon. He took batting practice today, which was really, really good to see. Um, and yeah, just excited to see what the status is on him in recent days. He was moved to the 10-day, so he took 60 swings today. Um, he probably won't be back like this week, but maybe late next week, I'm guessing. I don't know. I really don't even know if he's going to go on a rehab assignment. So hopefully everything is well with him. Um, obviously Bryce Harper, really big part of this Phillies team and they need him. So hopefully he will be back soon. And then more good news. We got to end on good news. George Springer is coming back next week to join his team the Toronto Blue Jays. I am so excited. George Springer, another guy that is just so fun to watch and just excited to see him play. He will be back very, very soon. So super excited for that. But yeah, so those are kind of those notable in injuries that we've had over the past few days. Some news has become open to us and some more information has been said about these star players who have been hurt as of lately. So that concludes this week's episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed, but we cannot end the episode without naming our hit or miss teams. This episode's hit team is going to have to be the St. Louis Cardinals. As a Cubs fan, this is hard for me to say, but I have to be honest, the St. Louis Cardinals have been super well as of lately. Really, really good. They're 
leading their division, obviously by one and a half games because we have the Brewers creeping up right behind them, but they're a team who made moves at the deadline to benefit them. Jordan Montgomery has been stunning for the Cardinals after coming there from the Yankees, and the Brewers, opposite. So, really hope that the Cardinals can come out and win that division because they deserve to win. The Brewers didn't make any moves, and they traded away one of their best closers. I keep like reinstating that in every single episode, but it's so true because I will never get over the fact that they traded Josh Hader. But anyways, the Cardinals have to be my hit team for this episode. Really good baseball that they're playing. They're 63 and 51, have won seven of their last three, and they go on to play the Rockies starting tomorrow, Tuesday, August 16th. Then they play the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Braves, Reds, and to close And to open up September, they play the Cubs again and then the Nationals. So have some fairly easy teams to go against, really, except for the Braves. So hopefully that they can come out with some series wins. Um, What the Cubs fan inside of me is hoping that they lose, but I really hope that they take this division from the Brewers because they deserve it. And moving on to my missed team of today's episode, a team that once took up all of the headlines in Major League Baseball. The New York Yankees have to be my missed team for this week's episode, unfortunately. I mean, they just have not been playing good Yankee baseball recently. They've lost four series in a row to teams that they should have won against. And their schedule coming up isn't that easy either. They go out and play the Rays, and then they play the Blue Jays, and then they play the Mets, and then they finally catch a break and play the Athletics, and then the Angels, but then they go right back to the Rays, and the Twins, and back to the Rays, and the Red Sox, and the Brewers. So, if they really want to keep their title and keep being this phenomenal team in baseball, they're going to have to start winning games, and that starts today at 6.05 against the Rays. Make sure to go watch that game. So, They should have been winning, so, and unfortunately they have been. I know that they have been hit with a bunch of injuries unexpectedly, but at the same time, they also do have some players that can go and compete as well, so just really hoping that the Yankees go back to be the team that they once were, and that they once were talked about super highly of and really greatly. Looking forward to see how these two teams, the both hit and the miss team, do over the next few days, and we're going to come back on Thursday and talk baseball again so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode stay tuned like i said for thursday for another baseball episode as well as saturday for a cubs episode so thank you guys again so much for listening and you will hear from me on thursday have a great day